Vincent Deacon talking. 27th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Year A. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, listen to another parable. There was a man, a landowner, who planted a vineyard. He fenced it round, dug a wine press in it, and built a cellar. Then he leased it to tenants and went abroad. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his servants, thrashed one, killed another, and stole the third. Next he sent some more servants, this time in a larger number, and they dealt with them in the same way. Finally he sent his son to them. They'll respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to each other, This is the heir. Come on, let's kill him and take over the inheritance. So they seized him and threw him out to the vineyard and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They answered, he will bring those wretches to a wretched end and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will deliver the produce to him when the season arrives. Jesus said to them, have you never read in the scriptures? It was the stone rejected by the builders that became the keystone. This was the Lord's doing and it's wonderful to see. I tell you then that the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a people who will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we have a harvest love song from Isaiah, later copied by Jesus and adapted in a reply to the elders of the temple who are badgering him to explain himself. In between these two stories, we have some practical advice from Paul about how to deal with a very modern phenomenon, anxiety and stress. In most singing and records, the word love predominates in the title. Love me do. People say we're in love. They're just two. The next group of songs imply love in the title. For example, Sweethearts on Parade or I Want to Hold Your Hand. I don't know any love songs concerning a cornfield or a greenhouse, but Isaiah's love song is made out to a vineyard. Look at the, the lyrics. Don Black, from Sunday night on the radio, he'd be jealous of them. It's got a very catchy start. My beloved had a vineyard. Spent weeks getting it ready. Bought the most expensive seedling varieties. He even builds a tower for the night watchman to protect the grapes. He really loved that vineyard. The chorus then starts to get a bit sour, and the song's mood changes after the first verse. Apparently, the grapes in this lovely vineyard were not so special after all. They had turned back into cheap and nasty wild types, useless for making decent wine. The farmer sings, what can I do? This is driving me crazy. Then comes a big question. Why? 
he has no answer. So the song describes how the farmer decides to pack in, smash it up and try somewhere else. Not the best love song after all. When I researched this, it turns out that it really was a popular folk song that Isaiah would have known from local harvest festivals. He then turned it into an allegory, using the vineyard to represent the house of Israel. Jesus knew this folk story too, and the version put out by Isaiah. He decided to use it in reply to the chief priests and elders who will not leave him alone. The story is very similar up to the point when the Lord of Hosts gives custody of the vineyard to a bunch of criminals. They are trusted to work for him, but they act like the wildest bunch of pirates you could ever imagine, stealing, murdering, even the owner's own son. Why do you think Jesus asks these teachers of the law, what will happen to these scoundrels? Jesus then mentions Psalm 118. It's the one we sing at Easter with all the hosannas. It's thought that this refers to Christ being rejected by the elders, just as they had rejected John the Baptist. If they would only change their minds and hearts to see the amazing work of the Lord, they could still produce the loving fruit of the kingdom. Unfortunately, they'll not change. And it's from this point that instead they begin plotting to destroy Jesus. The passage from Paul's letter to the Philippians brings us back to love with some wonderful words that are full of hope and joy. This really is a song of love and trust in Jesus. It begins, do not worry about anything, and then provides three simple tips to a positive approach to things that trouble us spiritually, physically or mentally. Paul's words have been developed by other Christian writers like Carl Rayner, C.S. Lewis, Thomas Merton and Pope John XXIII. They seem to agree that there are at least three steps that could be outlined by Paul. He says, pray, and they add, use a natural voice with words spoken from the heart, briefly telling the Lord what the trouble is. It's also mentioned that with any words of appeal, don't forget to include thanks. There's lots to be thankful for. Be clear about the kind of practical support you're asking for as well. What do you want the Lord to provide? Be exact, as exact as you can. Then, they all say, stop talking and listen. In this silence, Paul says, we will begin to find peace. When things play on the mind, the first thing we tend to lose is peace. And this is the first gift we will receive when we ask the Lord to intervene. This is the instant sign of an answer. But we have to stop talking in order to hear it. It is in the moment of silent peace, after the request has been made, that Paul and the others say it's beyond understanding, but somehow Jesus will be there to guard our hearts and minds from further worry. 
Paul's final advice to deal with any return of stress is to actively think about all the good things in our lives that are worthy of praise, worthy of thanks. Things like truth, honour, justice or excellence. These should be practical examples in the world that we have seen or heard about, especially in people that we love. The heart and soul of this is to remember how God's love has touched us and trust it will do so again very soon. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will be with the Spirit of you and support you in all your needs if we remember how much he loved a vineyard. How much more then will that love be given to those who ask for help?